Welcome to No Room for Phonies. I am uh, starting my quest for the top 10, and I'll be doing that for a bunch of uh, recordings over the next uh, several months. So today I'm just going to start right off with the top 10 ways uh, to live a good life. So I'll start with number 10. And I've read this so many times to see some good in everything and every day. So the whole idea is to slow down and certainly the pandemic has made it so that we have all slowed down, sharpen our senses and live in the moment. So mindfulness and little positives help us get through the big bad things that happen to us in life. So if we have that attitude that we're looking for something good in everything, that we can get through um, the hard times in our lives. And I mean, I just remember when my mom passed away and I had to really look for small little things in my life that um, encouraged me. And I mean, I, I remember one of the biggest things was, you know, friends that would just come by and bring stuff and talk and call and make sure that I was okay. And um, there are so many things in life that impact our joy, grief, loss, cruelty, rejection. And so healing is also about remembering those things, but also then about looking forward. And I think one of the things that I have worked really hard at, especially during this um, time when we're locked down and life is so different, is making, finding the good a common practice every day in our lives. And it's, you know, that attitude of gratitude, but um, it's, it is one of the ways that uh, we make sure that we live a, a good life. And sometimes it's just about starting and ending the day with kind of like three great things that happen. So I woke up this morning, it was crisp and cold, the sun was out, we had a great walk outside. And uh, I have a great book that I'm reading. So it doesn't have to be anything amazing. Number nine in giving, living a good life, know who you really are and learn to honor yourself. You have to really come to terms with what are your values? What are your principles? What is your purpose? What are your goals, your short and long-term goals? And how do you practice that idea of mindfulness? So who am I really? And uh, once I have my values in place, then... I develop the principles that guide my life and allow me to make the 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 right the kinds of choices that align uh, with my values. And I've talked a lot about, you know, what my values are is to be positive and to contribute and to have a purpose and to follow that purpose. So um, and I think knowing who you are is a process. And I also think you need to honor the parts of you that need quiet and a break and a chance to reflect and make sure that you give yourself those opportunities so that you can come in touch with who you really are. So that's number nine. Number eight, be responsible, be thorough and be honest. You are the only one that can control your thoughts and feelings and you have to be radical about taking responsibility for your own life. 
you really, um, one of the things that I have discovered is there are a lot of people that I could look back in in my life and say, yeah, they caused this to happen and this happened because of the way they acted. But in the end, we are responsible for how we emerge from the ashes, if that's how you want to look at it, and whether they make us a better person. And being authentic and really moving forward in your own um who you are is not always a popular thing to do. But um, when you embrace thoroughness and honesty and responsibility, then you feel empowered. And I can tell you, with having um, gone on this journey to not be a victim, even though there are things that I could look back on that I could be a victim of, so to make that decision to be totally, fully and radically responsible and authentic um, in my own life has been um, so empowering for me. Number seven in living a good life, treasure deep connections. So what does it mean to you to be connected to someone in such a way that you can be honest, listen, and actually feel like you're working together with that person to make the, the world a better place. So two people coming together, and we know this, can see things in a way that you can never see on your own. And uh, I was just talking with a friend of mine today about, you know, giving up on these kinds of relationships that are toxic. And that how during this pandemic, it has really helped us kind of reevaluate what is important in our lives as far as relationships are concerned. And most people are influenced by the outside in. And what we really have control over is our own physical body, our choices and our attitude. And nothing is constant except change. And so you take responsibility for yourself. And that's key to me in developing um, deep connections because we are not looking at the other person to make us whole or um, help us feel better or bring us joy. We are looking to that other person to make a connection that will actually make the world a better place. The relational dimension is how we relate to other people. And so when we conduct ourselves with con congruency and authenticity, then we're open to receiving and not to judging other people. And we're not really okay in isolation. We need to have a balance, but we need to also be okay with ourselves. And when you are okay with yourself, then you're ready to open yourself up to other people for deeper connections. And small things actually tell us a lot about someone, the way they treat people who serve them, their politeness, their body language, how they even walk into a room, how they respond in a slightly uncomfortable situation and their willingness to be uncomfortable or to stay quiet because it feels safe. How you respond to other people's fortune tells a lot about yourself. 
your language around your responsibilities and challenges and what you how you talk about them, if you're defeatist, how you respond just to the phrase, how are you or what's new? And then the funny one, how children and dogs respond to you. You often say, well, if the dog loves you, you know that um, they must be okay. So if you want to have deep connections, you have to associate with positive, focused people for the most part. So that's number seven. Number six is something that I have really found um, has really um, become life-giving to me, and that is to choose kindness and choose random acts of kindness. If you consistently do what's right and you do the best that you can, you're going to come out okay in the end. Not everyone's going to like you or appreciate you or anything like that, but you're going to be okay in the end. I always want to ask the question, always ask and never assume about people. And I, I want to be the kind of person who just apologizes when I'm wrong. I want to be as optimistic as I can, as often as I can. And showing kindness puts me in an optimistic space because you can't really be negative when you're dropping off cookies to somebody or when you're, you know, asking somebody how they are and if there's something that they that you can do for them. And understanding that you personally are not entitled to anything or anyone. So the kindness that you give, you know, uh, you can't give to get. You've got to give because that's your purpose, that that's part of your moral compass and your values is just to make the world a better place. So I try to be encouraging. I try to listen. I try to respect people's privacy, check in with people, volunteer, advocate for people and most I think one of the most important things is to be careful with your with your words because words words matter as we have seen you know just with some of our political messes that have occurred on the last little while words matter and the person who says them it makes a difference so just you know, going back to self-regulation, it's about your relationship with yourself and your ability to exert the effort and self-control and critical self-assessment to achieve, to achieve kindness and respect no matter what the situation is. So to step out of, you know, uh, whatever's happening and realizing that the way you are treated for the most part is more about the other person than about you. And people hurt people hurt people. So um, if you focus on what your true values are instead of what your feelings are, then you actually feel authentic and empowered. So that's the real crux of self-regulation, right? Is to be able to step outside the situation and still do the right thing in an authentic way. And I mean, oftentimes when I was a principal and I would look at kids, you know, fighting in a situation or angry about a soccer game. In my last school, that was typical daily anger over soccer. And you could see that one child who could self-regulate enough to step outside and say, this is wrong. We need to be respectful of each other and be able to bring light 
and kindness and respect into the situation. So that's number six, choose kindness. To live a good life, you need to watch for new opportunities. It is really hard sometimes to recognize why you are where you are in your life. So feelings of loneliness or um, reliving situations, almost like re-traumatizing yourself. It, it it doesn't help you. So you have to be um, able to kind of step outside and look at yourself as a third person would look at you, somebody from outer space looking down and say, oh, okay, so I'm here right now so that I can learn this or that so that I can help this person or so that I can become better at um, knowing myself or whatever the reason is. And then you can then you can let go of what's holding you back from that true joy from your for your journey. And sometimes you just have to say, okay, if it works, I'm going to do it. And if it doesn't, I'm going to just try something new. Like, it's fine. Just try it. Maybe it's not your thing. I tried downhill skiing. It's not my thing. And I, I don't know in my life now at approaching 60 if I'll ever really try downhill skiing again. But I tried it and it didn't work. Good habits open doors. And so if you are in the habit of um, eating well, sleeping well, exercising, reading, writing, um, not watching too much TV, then it does open doors for you. So one of the things that I struggle with all the time now is sleeping. And so um, one of the, the, the habits that helps with sleeping is getting up every day at the same time and going to bed every night at the same time and, you know, working that routine into things. So that opens the door for me to be more energized during the day and I don't want to choose mediocrity uh, for myself. There's such a push for mediocrity in society. And there's um, a saying called the rise of mediocrity. And I just see it um, so many times where people who are smart and good and know stuff are afraid to speak their truth because others don't want to feel as if they have to work as hard as that person like if they want to do that that's fine well that is actually discouraging so I I just refuse to choose mediocrity I'm going to be the best that I can at everything that I'm doing and I'm just going to keep learning and learning and learning and learning and learning and remembering that life is truly a process and sometimes you just need to consider that you need somebody different encouraging or supporting you. If someone, if you're in a, in a relationship um, or with someone who is constantly questioning what you're doing or putting you down or not encouraging you to push past, then you do need someone different to encouraging, to encourage you. And you do need to seek learning and wisdom and continue to grow. Knowing your purpose and what motivates you, that is like key. Appreciate what you have. And that kind of goes back to the very number 10 one that I talked about when it said, see good in everything and every day. 
but this idea of appreciating what you have. People described as thankful tend to eat healthier, have stronger immune systems, more energy, um, more optimism, more mental acuity. They cope with stress better. They describe their life with a greater degree of satisfaction. They exercise regularly. They solve difficult problems easier. They have deeper connections. They sleep better. They have increased self-worth and self-esteem. They're more productive. And they enjoy work and perform better on the job. So, you know, it's not just about, oh, I'm, I, here's the three things I'm thankful for today. It's an attitude of gratitude. And sometimes if you really have a hard time, I mean, I kept a gratitude journal for a while and that really helped to get my myself into the habit of being grateful every day. And then it just kind of became part of who I am. Sometimes you just have to stop, breathe and focus on the gratitude of each day when somebody is really driving you crazy. And I think living in the same house all the time right now with people you do have to stop and breathe because um, little stuff does start to get to you and get under your skin when you're in the same house with people, especially if the weather's not the greatest or it's cold and you can't get out and you, although I have a tendency to get out every day, no matter sort of how cold it is. But express your thankfulness to others as well notes and acts of kindness and seek out people who are thankful. So, so many of these things are connected to each other, right? Like deep connections with people who are thankful and grateful people um, makes a huge difference and kind of reassessing who am I spending a lot of my time with? Is that person really encouraging me and making me, um, you know, a, you know, a, a, making me a better person? And, um, and, and do I feel empowered when I'm with that person? And I don't mean that you can never be with anyone who isn't. But if that's where you're spending the, the greatest amount of your time, maybe it is um, that moment where you really have to evaluate. Uh, time is everything. We were talking about that today with the, with the same friend when you know, when I was a principal and I would ask staff, what do you need? What do you need? And every single time without fail, it was always time. We need more time, more time for planning, more time for this, more time for that, more time to, to write report cards, more time to do assessments. We have lots of time and not enough time all at the same moment. And you need to be careful where you're spending your time. Number three is one of my favorites and it's become very evident in these times when uh, we have less and not more, but to choose less over more. Excess is often arbitrary and it doesn't always represent hard work or dedication or discipline. And it's rarely the wisest use of our money. And it often adds stress and anxiety to our lives. Stuff doesn't ever solve anything. And it often just gives us more uh, to manage. Some of the most unhappy people I know have lots of stuff. When we're good stewards of the environment, we also know that stuff harms the environment. And sometimes it kind of causes us to praise the wrong things. It doesn't um, 
bring as much fulfillment often because it's a status thing. And once you start and you become addicted to having things, then sometimes it's just never enough. So sometimes living quietly, humbly, and in a kind and service minded way towards others brings us a lot more fulfillment. And sometimes we just lose sight of what we already have when we start comparing ourselves to others. And we all know that fateful thing of looking at uh, Facebook and believing that what is on Facebook is actually what is happening in life or Instagram or wherever you go. It's not the answer to anything. Stuff is never the answer. And our society is actually longing for people who know the difference between admiring success and praising success and praising excess. Sorry. You can admire someone for their um, kindness and their um, peace and their mindfulness and stop praising people for things that they have. I mean, I, I remember at one time spending a lot of time with people who just had to have the newest of everything and it was tiresome and it didn't bring them fulfillment because as soon as something new came out, they had to have that too. But it was all about status. Realizing you have everything you need for today, you have life, you have choice, you have opportunity to grow, and you have that purpose that you can make the world a better place and have deep connections and all those other things. Number two, don't take things too personally. Look at um, challenges with humor and move on. There's something called equanimity. And that is basically rising above our problems and reaching the stage of personal enlightenment, enlightenment, where you separate yourself from your problem and see it as a challenge and opportunity. And I was sort of saying that one before when I was talking about, you know, pretending you're that space person out in outer space and you're looking at yourself from a different perspective. And, you know, it's all it's that authentic moment of looking down on your problems and then just tackling them head on like you would if someone came to you with a problem and you'd go well I think you know if you really want my advice here's something some things you could try try that method with yourself and face the difficulties of your life then without being attached to them and letting those problems just become bigger than ourselves find some humor find some you know just don't take it all. Problems are problems and they're always going to be, um, they're always going to be there. Every day is going to be bring you some challenge that you have to overcome. So if you can practice that idea of equanimity, where you rise above, look at it from that practical, different perspective and just not take it so seriously. Oh, this always happens to me. And it's, I always, this always happens. And and, you know, make it a personal thing. Things just happen because that's just what happens in the world. Um, and sometimes the disadvantage of becoming wise is that you realize how foolish you've been in the past in making everything about yourself. I love humor and I like to uh, watch comedians or movies that are funny. Like last night we were just 
tired and I just said, let's just watch something light. So we watched Jim Carrey and Mr. Popper's Penguins. I mean, just funny and silly. And and that's great. Engage with a child. Look at yourself and laugh. And take all those crazy times and turn them into a very funny story. Sometimes you need a little time and perspective to do that, but it's always better if you just don't take it like someone is personally attacking you every time you have a problem. And the number one way to live a good life is to let go of the past, become mindful, master yourself, embrace choice. If you want peace today, you got to come to terms with and make peace with your past. So mindful awareness of the past without becoming transfixed on it and reliving it so that we know how our perceptions that have you know come out of our past inform and impact the way we think in the present and then we can make better more well-informed choices about how we respond to situations and circumstances in the present So it's not about not acknowledging that your past existed, but to kind of look at it in such a way that, you know, we think, okay, how is this holding me back? What's a belief about the past, about something that has happened in my life that it's holding me back? And why am I carrying, why am I holding on to this? And do I have any evidence that contradicts this belief about my past? And, and I, I want to be fully engaged in life, so then I don't want to be held back by it. And how would I feel if I no longer held on to this belief about my past? Because maybe it's not even true. I mean, how many times have we heard, you know, three people tell the same story? I mean, look at siblings, right? They can see their lives so totally different. And they all grew up in the same house. And so what actions can I take today to kind of let go of the things from my past that are not helping me respond in a well-informed, healthy way to what's ha- what happens to me today? So that's the top 10, and I'm just going to review them. So number nine was, number 10, sorry, number 10, see some good in everything and in every day. Number nine, know who you really are and learn to honor yourself. Number eight, be responsible, thorough, and honest. Number seven, treasure deep connections. Number six, choose kindness. Number five, watch for new opportunities. Number four, appreciate what you have. Number three, choose less over more. Number two, don't take things too personally. Look at challenges with humor and move on. And number one, let go of the past. So those are the top 10 ways to live a good life. I wanted to share with you my book of the month. It's um, Friedrich Bachmann, who is a Swedish author. And he has written um, Bear Town, A Man Called Ove, Us Against You, Britt Marie was here, My Grandfather Asked Me to Tell You She's Sorry, The Deal of a Lifetime, Things My Son Needs to Know About the World, and a whole bunch more. But his most recent book, Anxious People, 
is about a crime that never took place, a would-be bank robber who disappears, and eight extremely anxious strangers. It's a fabulous book, so if you have an opportunity to pick it up and read it, please do. And then uh, the podcast of the month that I wanted to uh, share, I'm going to go back to CBC with Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Have a laugh and test your news knowledge while figuring out what's real and what has been made up. It's a lot of fun and I love listening. If it's on in the car, um, I really like listening to it. And it's just, it's, it, it's very well done by uh, CBC. And then finally, I did uh, try the Elderflower and Pear Collins. And I got to tell you, it's worth the effort. Uh, we made an adaptation. It called for pear puree. We didn't have any and we didn't want to make any. So instead, we substituted that out. And instead of a teaspoon of pear liqueur, we put in a full ounce of pear liqueur. And that seemed it was delicious. So I would encourage you to try the pear Collins. And for February, we're going to try a Campari crush, crushed ice, an ounce of gin, an ounce of Campari, ruby red grapefruit juice and lime so i will be back in uh well I'll, I'll be able to tell you about it uh probably on the 15th and whatever adaptations we've made of that but that's been kind of fun to uh, try them out and we usually have them friday night because we do uh, charcuterie around here on friday nights um, just as a way of ending the week with a bang and so we try our cocktail as we're getting our charcuterie ready for the evening. So I hope that um, my top 10 are uh, intriguing for you and uh, I'm not sure where I'm going with the next top 10 but if you pay attention to um, Instagram and uh, Facebook I'll let you know where I'm heading next. And I'm also going to be working on a website and I hope that that uh, helps people to interact a little bit more uh, with me personally. But I'm always happy to hear from people. And if you have a top 10 that you'd like me to do a little research on, don't hesitate to send it my way. So thanks for joining me today for No Room for Phonies, January 30th, the end of January, and uh, the top 10 ways to live a good life.